to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts, Shachar Erez and Ziv Raviv. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Generous Marriage Podcast. In this podcast, we explore ways to become more generous with our spouse, in our relationships, in our marriage. And what will that give you? Well, it will make your life better. It will get you to have more sex. It will help you to have just a better time with your spouse when you're sitting together over lunch or dinner. And it will make your family feel more relaxed around you because they will feel there's a good connection. Together with me is my partner in crime, Shachar Erez. And Shachar is the man, the guy that actually teaches me all of those concepts and ideas, my mentor in becoming a um, participant with my marriage and becoming more, uh, you know, just having a more marriage person, a more generous marriage. And that is you, you Shachar. Hey, Shachar, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Hi, Ziv. Hi, everyone. I'm and good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk to you again. And this is not really about me or about you, Shachar, and our journey as two dudes that talk about uh, the, the concepts of generous marriage. It's about you that listens to this right now. Maybe you're driving in the car and you remember that fight that you had maybe even last night with your spouse and how shitty it feels to be in this situation. And boy, oh boy, today we have some really exciting stuff waiting for you because we're going to start with a story and in that story is a couple that actually is going through a process that is probably going to sound familiar for you it sure did remind me some things that i'm going through with my wife rotem and then we're going to talk about a tool of uh, which is an actual tool that shahar taught this couple to use and that tool will help you uh, to if you implement it and we'll also back it up at the end of this podcast with a research done that actually gives some new information and new ways to understand what is this tool all about. So with that said, Shachar, take it away. What is the story? Who are we going to meet today? So today we're going to meet Sharon and Raphael. Sharon is French and Raphael is American. And they came to me uh, because they were having a hard time managing conflicts. They were actually exceptional friends you know this that was a huge resource they had they really knew well how to play most couples these days most parents these days we, we don't play enough anymore but this couple that was a, one of their biggest strengths they knew how to play so they were really good friends but they had hard time managing conflicts meaning in every small conflict they had it would blow up really quick you know huge fight from really tiny disagreements so they had to learn a few things. One thing they had to learn was how to avoid high intensity conflict. So basically Sharon and Raphael were, were good partners. They were working together. They loved playing. And that is something like we, we, we might even do another episode about how, how to spend time together in a good way. But what happened with Sharon and Raphael is that when they did fight, and did have a conflict, it was always high intensity. Now, I imagine when we're talking about high intensity, it sounds, sounds very academic, but in real life, 
it means there's, there's shouting involved. It yeah. means some, some words are said that later you need to apologize for saying those specific words. And that, when, when these type of things happen, it can ruin your day. It can ruin your feelings for like a week. A lot of times it makes a man really feel crushed when there's a high intensity conflict like that with his partner. It just makes you feel like you're hopeless and you're weak. And those type of feelings are not something that gives you motivation in becoming more generous, right? It just does the opposite. It takes out the right. motivation. Right. right, you really got them. You know, they were actually, a lot of the times after a fight, took them a long time to repair. A lot because they felt hopeless and helpless and were kind of frozen, didn't know how to come back to each other. And even though they were such good friends, the fights were so big and loud that really threw them off. They were really struggling. Let me ask you this. Do they have kids? Yeah, three kids, actually. So I can just imagine the, the horrible, horrible scar that can be put onto a kid if he goes through the process of looking at his parents fight that way. Yeah, and also, you know, as parents, we're so uh, sensitive to guilt. Most of us feel like we're not parenting good enough. So I don't want to focus so much on the scar of the kid. I want to focus here in this podcast on how bad they felt because mm -hmm. a lot of their fights, their kids were around and they yeah. saw their parents lose their minds and start yelling and calling each other names. And then... After the fight, they felt even more shame if their kids saw that. And this shame was part of the reason they had a hard time reconnecting. So shame made it harder for them to go back into proper communication. And then the kids saw everything. So now they have like more shame because of that. But I also see some opportunity in the hardship of the kids watching because that by itself might be the reason why they came to you for counseling. Why that might be even the reason why some people are listening right now to us, to, to us talk about, about problems that they know so much. Because if your kids are important to you that much, you need to understand when is your behavior being destructive towards them? When, when are you not doing the right thing? Because you're actually creating a lack of confidence in them when they see you on the verge of high intensity conflict. You're right. Many times couples in my clinic are so distressed. They tell me if we didn't have kids, we would have broken up. And I say, thank God you have kids because it kind of makes you work on your issues. And solving your issues brings a lot of personal healing and interpersonal healing. And our society doesn't encourage, it's very individualistic, so it doesn't encourage working on your relationship so much. So having kids is great for that. It's good. This is a good shame that you feel bad. Yeah. For, how, for what your kids are exposed to and you want to be better. Yeah, it's actually an opportunity. And, and like, a, like one of the keys even for a good relationship is that you have a reason and external motivation is key as well as internal, right? But this big thing that is so important for you, it might be God, it might be your kid, it might be your culture, but the, your kid is very visual <laughs> and it's very there. Uh, and that uh, discussion about uh, high-intensity conflict reminds me of this argument that I had with my wife, Rotem. And that argument was becoming something very big. And it, it even became like almost traumatic, I would say, because we had to actually go through a lot to heal from it. And it was like the topic itself 
was ridiculous in hindsight. It was related to like my dog and who will feed it while I'm away on a business trip. And I was like sick and we were both like intense um, because of that in the discussion. And it came to the point where, you know, my wife basically say, I, I'm going to sell your dog. I'm not going to feed it. You solve the problem of who's going to feed it. I'm not going to solve it for you. If I'm solving it, I'm going to just sell the dog. And I was so offended because it came to that level of intensity. Like, what, what is that all about? Well, you're not going to sell my dog. I'm just sick and can't take over myself. And like, I just had fever and wasn't able to find who will feed the dog. Now, eventually, we found someone to feed the dog, but the scar was there for a good few months of recovering from that single argument. And I know that there are better ways to conduct such an argument and better ways to handle such issues. Like that in hindsight, you, usually it doesn't make any sense to be so mad about something. I don't blame anyone right now. It's not about who is the fault. It's all about how can we that listen now to, to this podcast, that talk about it, how can we be better? How can we maintain the more reasonable level of intensity in our conflict? You actually found a tool. What did you tell Sharon and Raphael? What did you suggest to them that they should do? Well, you know, it was multifaceted. And one of the things we had to address was what to do when conflict escalates and becomes what I call high intensity conflict. And what to do then is just to stop. It's really about stopping your physiology is too flooded. You're too aroused. You're too much in fight or flight mode. And then it's the defense mechanisms who are pretending to be dialoguing, but defense mechanisms don't dialogue. They defend, they attack. They either run or, or attack, run away or attack. So when you are in this state and you're too flooded, it's really about stopping the fight. I think we talked about it in a recent episode. Today, I want to focus more on how to maintain the conflict low intensity, meaning not to let it escalate so much. Sometimes we tell our partner something that we know is going to be hard for him or her to hear. So how do we say those things in a way that, uh, yeah, it creates a, a conflict, but not too big, something that can be manageable. So we're basically splitting this into two steps. The first step is like the emergency aid where you just need to put a plaster and the plaster on this wound is just to stop. You need to stop the high intensity. But then the real fix, the, the real way to improve your health and the health of your relationship is through maintaining low intensity levels on the conflict. So how do we right. do that? Tell us. And, and before I tell you how to do it, I want to say that's important, actually, even for Sharon and uh, Raphael, it's important for them and it's important for their kids to be able to tolerate the frustration of a conflict and see that conflict can end in intimacy, in closeness, in, in a solution. We, we even discussed about this just the, on episode four, when we found out that, the, that some fights are actually good for you yeah. and that they, they, you need to just make the right fights, you know, the ones that you can heal from, the one that you work on recovering from. Right. And going back to that research of Gottman, he could watch a couple in an argument and after three minutes, just by how they start the conflict, 
he could tell which couples will divorce and which will not. And out of that research, he suggests starting conflict, he calls it soft startup, meaning not to start the conflict with harsh, blaming words. Start softly. Instead of blaming, talk about yourself. Use I statements. Talk about your feelings, about your needs, what you ask for, instead of blaming your partner for what they did wrong. Also try as much as possible to use description of what was happening, not so much evaluations or judgments. You know, people don't react nicely to judgments. So be more descriptive. And he also says, Gottman, that it's important to be polite and respectful. Even though you're in a conflict, still try to remember this is your partner you're, you're talking to and, and be polite and respectful and appreciative. So Gottman basically suggests a few ways for maintaining low-intensity communication in the conflict. So basically starting with a softened startup, starting with yeah. just not being all intense with your tone of voice, you know, something that helps me to breathe, just to take a few uh, deep breaths before you start, maybe even if some sort of a text message or some sort of a touch base with your spouse to show them that you are feeling distressed, that you need some help, that you have a topic you want to raise, right? Just giving them that heads up of like, I need your help. I'm feeling bad about something. Can we talk? And then they are on your side from the get-go. So that's like a softened startup. Either you can, you can do it with a touch, you can do it with, with just controlling your tone of voice. You can do it by breathing a bit. Just breathing a few deep breaths can really do a lot on the way that you go there and, and confront someone. And even like with a text message to say, uh, or a post-it note to say, hey, I feel so, so bad about something. It makes me feel frustrated. I want to share it with you. I know you will help me. I you will understand me. Can we talk? And just by doing that, you show your spouse you're on the same side. All right. I, lo I love the way you described it. And it's really a lot, a lot, a lot about the tone of voice. Even if you're frustrated, even if you feel something that's hard, if you can take a few breaths and, and help yourself, soothe yourself, help, help yourself come back to regulation and use a soft tone of voice, it will change the whole conflict, the whole argument. If you start harshly, the argument, the conflict will be harsh and most probably will not end well. If you start softly, it really makes a difference, a huge difference. Yeah. And another thing that might soften up the situation is taking ownership that you have a part on the situation, right? Just yesterday, I finished the webinar that I was giving. My sound was very high on the speakers. And then I went away from the computer, from my station. But then Facebook started to make some notification noises and it was very loud. And my wife got alarmed and was all over the place with me saying, hey, why, why, why don't you ever make it stop that the mu this push notification music is making it crazy? Like she was starting uh, at a certain level. And I wanted to complain that she shouldn't come so strong. She should come slowly and, and she shouldn't complain in that intensity. I wanted to complain about that. But it's my fault, right? I was the trigger. I was the problem. You know, I didn't remember to stop it. So I, instead of just complaining about hey, talk to me nicely, please. 
I started by apologizing, by acknowledging, hey, I screwed up here. That was my fault that I didn't put that uh, sound off. But can you please next time, do you mind just trying and talking nicely to me because I really want to not do those things and I will try better, but please try to be a little bit more patient with me not stopping the speakers. And she actually, she actually, you know, it made, it made everything low intensity. It made her not pick it up as like, okay, and now I need to fight with him. There was no need. I already acknowledged that, you know, the whole thing was just uh, something that we both needed to steam out a bit and everything was okay. And even on the next webinar I had, she brought me water and I was so thrilled by this gesture. So really, it's really important stuff. It sounds simple, but you just need to do it. Just need to soften the start of the conversation to get better results and not to blame anyone. Try not to, to look for people to blame. Even if you feel like you were blamed, you shouldn't blame back. Right. So right. what else? What are the other tools? That was a great uh, example. Thank you for sharing that. Other tools is while you're in this conflict, when, again, when it's not too high, too intense, do small gestures that help soothe yourself and your partner. Uh, little words of appreciation, some touch, uh, maybe humor. Humor is great for making things light. Do some small things that can help regulate you, your partner, the whole situation. For example, yesterday, I came back from a training and was in a hurry to go to work and I had a short time at home. So I called my wife and asked her to uh, make some lunch for me that I could eat quickly and go away. And I also wanted to share some stuff with her from the training. I was quite flooded. And I came back home and she was on the phone with some insurance company. And really the short time we had together, she spent on the phone with that insurance stuff. And she was frustrated because she had a frustrating conversation with them. And I was frustrated because I wanted emotional support. And in the five minutes we had together, we were fighting. But while we were fighting, maybe because I was working on this podcast, I, I could remember that it's good to be appreciative, to, to try to soothe each other. So while we were fighting, you know, why weren't you there for me? Why were you talking to this insurance person? I needed you and stuff like that. I also remembered that she did prepare that lunch for me that I asked for and that I actually didn't ask on the phone for that emotional support. I was kind of imagining that she would know me good enough to see me, but she was busy on the phone. So, you know, just by being able to describe what was happening and not judge and see that actually what I asked for, she did prepare for me, even though she was in her own busy day, she took a moment to prefer that to, to warm up that uh, lunch for me. So I was appreciative of her. So she was able to soothe herself. And we were still in a kind of a conflict, but it ended with a kiss. Wow. And I went to work and came back and we were both way after the conflict. So we were able to reconnect and apologize and explain and do the real full repair. But even while we were in that conflict and we didn't have time for the full repair, we were able to remind each other that we love each other, that we're friends. Yeah. So right now it's not easy and we're in conflict, but here's a kiss and I'll see you later and we'll resolve it. That's wonderful. Uh, it also reminds me 
of you know you you say that you should show appreciation and that that's something that I really relate to uh, because it works it's just one of those one to five ratio that we mentioned uh, in another episode it just you keep putting more coins into the emotional bank and that gives you a better vest a better protection for when you have some complaint to make so I started to appreciate the laundry making that my wife is responsible for because she's so good at it and she enjoys it and she does it so fast and just to mention now you should know that sometimes when you're trying to be appreciative to your spouse she might reject it she might say oh you never used to say that before why are you now saying that and that's okay that's okay it's just an opportunity to be descriptive it's okay to say well i didn't say before but that was that was not good that was not good that i didn't but i am saying it now and those clothes are looking amazing they look clean it's a big bunch so it will be good for me for a few days so i just want to say thank you that's really cool and the more you describe the harder it is to actually reject your authenticity because if you're just saying oh thank you for the meal dear that doesn't feel so you you know it doesn't feel it feels like you just heard the podcast and they told you be polite right <laughs> but if if you go and you say damn that's a good chicken baby i love chicken and i love this one and i'm just thankful i'm going to eat this dish and then i'm going to finish up all the leftovers of my kids that's a good chicken now she might be started a bit and that's what you feel and you described exactly why you feel that way it will be a little bit clearer to her that you really do mean well yeah and it's really about the heartfelt appreciation right it's really yeah. about feeling your heart in it and not just being polite yes even though being polite is important and being respectful is important even in a conflict but do this investment in the emotional bank account that you mentioned it's really about feeling each other's hearts yeah what else yeah. can you tell me about this uh, you know low level of intensity how can we get that so i actually want to introduce the tool yes which is called nvc non-violent communication the person who really made it popular and and known worldwide is Marshall Rosenberg who passed away a couple of years ago and it really simplifies it creates a kind of protocol of which words to use that the other can hear well and doesn't get triggered so much there's a bigger chance that the other will not get triggered and will be able to hear and reply the way it works it's a four stage process starting with an observation again a non-judgmental observation of what's happening then expressing your own feelings in an i statement i feel and then expressing your needs what you need in the situation and then requesting something so let me understand basically this nvc protocol that uh, was created uh, by marshall marshall Rosenberg. Rosenberg, wonderful. Actually helps you improve the way that you communicate and maintain the low intensity of the conflict and yeah. it's actually something that is good for life not just with your spouse to be able to know how to use NVC to your right. advantage but right. uh, try to explain uh, each one in particular. 
Right, they actually use it now in corporations and in the military and the international conflict resolution, they use it everywhere. Let's use an example. Can I use the example with, the, with your dog? Yeah, sure. So a good way of using the NVC process in that example was you could have said something like, Rotem, when you threaten to sell my dog, that's just the observation of what was happening, right? When you say you're going to sell my dog and not take care of it, that's the observation. Then we move into feelings. I feel, what were you feeling? I don't know, scared or abandoned or... Yeah, uh, yeah. Disappoint, disappointed. Disappointment. So, so again, when you said you're going to sell my dog, I felt disappointed. And then comes a need. What did you need? I felt disappointed because I need or I value, yeah. right? Or, because I need your support when... Yeah, because I need your support, especially when I'm sick, right? Yeah. It was the time that you were sick. So, yes. Rotem, when you said you're going to sell my dog, I felt disappointed because I needed your support, especially when I'm sick. And then comes a request. What could you have requested? Would you be willing to be more sensitive to me, to my needs when I'm sick or understand better how the dog is important to me. It's almost like a kid to me and I can't imagine thinking about selling it. Well, I, I love it. Now it's, it's much clearer. So basically, you need to go through the whole four steps. Yeah. When you're, you're feeling something irritates you, instead of you know, blaming, instead of uh, making a judgment like, hey, you were wrong and you did that and you're a bad person and all of that jazz that comes in your tone of voice. Instead of it, you start with just the facts, just the observation. When this happened, and then you go into the feelings, I felt that, and then you explain. So you give the needs. So yeah. I, you, you explain I, why you felt that because yeah. you, you needed, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because and, and that that is very important. Like you don't, your feelings has to have some need that needs to be explained. The, it's not about because I felt disappointed. You should do it. No, you need to also be generous enough. Yeah, just be generous enough to give the need. I felt disappointed because I need my dog around me or because I need you to support me or because I value communicating in a different way, a more generous way or whatnot. And then you go to your request, which I love the way that it says uh, like willing. Will you be willing to? Because they don't have to. They don't. As a couple, we don't have to fulfill each other's needs. It's good to hear the need it's good to to make our partner feel seen with their need but we don't have to fulfill each other's needs so it's good to request and usually when you request something the other feels generous and might generously just want to fulfill that need but they don't have to yeah or they might have some conditions yeah because they have needs too yeah right oh this is this is a very powerful tool right and then I love what you just said. A lot of the times what you need to do is to negotiate needs in intimacy. Meaning you are connected to each other. You remember your, your friendship and each one of you have a, a need that seems like they're in conflict. But if you really hear each other and express yourself and dare to be vulnerable, usually there's a way to find a collaborative, creative, win-win solution that fulfills 
both of your needs, that both of you feel like your needs are being met. And sometimes it's not possible, so even if they're not met, at least they're being seen and heard and appreciated. And, you, and many times that's even enough. Not all of our needs actually need to be fulfilled by our partner, but they do need to have room in the discussion, in, the, in, in, in our co- connection. Wow. So, so, uh, so now we understand what is the actual tool. The NVC communication means you make an observation, Of what you see or what you heard, you tell how it made you feel, but you t- also explain what were your needs and why it made you felt this way before you move on to a request. Now, this is really good stuff. It was that tool also researched uh, in its effectiveness. So I couldn't find the precise uh, research on NVC itself, but the, the, the Gottman's research really validates a lot. Of uh, the things we said here, the whole soft startup thing is is NVC, and uh, Gottman found that it's good to observe and not judge, and it's good to talk in I statements, what I feel, what I need, and uh, make requests. And so it's really it really supports uh, this tool. It's just that Marshall made it. I love the protocol of it. It's easy to remember. Observation. Feelings, needs, requests. I really feel like there's a place here for a practice sheet with a few sentences that are not well constructed. Like if you tell your wife, hey, take care of the damn dog, bitch. That's not very constructive. <laughs> But if you, uh, if, you, if you reconstruct some sentences according to the protocol, That could actually help you memorize it and have that as a tool for you. We'll give you like one example that is actually with the answer inside of how you use it, but then you will be able to practice this. And you know, it is worth it. If you just sit down, print it on your printer, have a pen ready and work on it, it will make your brain, you know, all the neurons inside will connect, reconnect on a more, in a more generous way. Right. It's really worth it. It really worked great for uh, Raphael and uh, Sharon. What did they get? What, what happened to their marriage? They learned how to fight in a positive way. They learned that if they're too flooded, they stop and take care of themselves before they continue. They learned how to keep uh, conflicts in a low intensity. They really learned how to use this NVC method and how to use conflicts to feel closer to each other. And it was good for them. It was good for their kids. It was really nice to see them uh, uh, really change. It's not, an, it's not easy to remember this uh, NVC. At, at first, you do need to practice it a bit. The idea of the practice sheet is a good idea because it takes some practice to remember. But then it really becomes a second nature and it's good for your romantic relationship, but it's actually good for all your relationships and for your career. And we're surrounded by people all the time when we want to be able to communicate in a way that other people can understand and listen to what we're saying. Yeah. So I really like this uh, tool. So if people go to generousmarriage.com and go directly to episode number five under the episodes tab, you will be able to see this big button Uh, that allows you to download additional tips and the practice shit. And then you could use that and practice and you will see a change just like Sharon and Raphael. So 
a change in the relationship by maintaining low intensity in the communication in the in the conflicts and yeah. uh, any final um, discoveries from from the actual research shaha just i don't know for me it's amazing that 69% of our conflicts will never be resolved because every couple has personality differences sometimes with rafael and sharon they had cultural differences she was french he was american some differences we can't really bridge so it's not about resolving conflict it's really about managing conflict that's the big point dr john gottman made it's about managing conflict in a way that doesn't create too big ruptures that helps you understand yourself and your partner better and find solutions that are creative collaborative and satisfying so basically gottman did uh, do a research that found that most of the conflicts are not resolved and we'll put a link to that research uh, so that you can read uh, more details about it but what it means is that you really do need to understand that even happy couples that are married for for 30 or 40 years and they are happy they really do happy uh, together those are like the masters those that maintain 1 to 20 ratio even they have conflicts that will never be resolved and right. 40 and, years later they're still fighting about the same things yeah which could be daunting and depressing or it can be if you look at it from the positive side you can say wow we're different people we have differences and we can celebrate our differences it's okay that we're different and we can find way to be in a relationship while keeping our individuality and freedom and connection yeah i i really think it's humorous in a way ironic that we were made this way but at the same time an opportunity to work on the communication to maintain it's almost like we needed the reminders to be generous because every time you see conflict with your spouse that is like the world's way to remind you is an opportunity to be generous beautiful amen to that Brother Shachar, thank you so much for these discussions and ideas and the research. Uh, we put a lot of work into creating this podcast for you and to make it valuable. Hey, if you want the, to download the practice sheet, just go to generousmarriage.com and you'll find it there. And do us a big favor. It will mean the world for us. Tell a friend, maybe at work, maybe from your family, about the Generous Marriage podcast. Send him a link on Facebook maybe. it will mean the world to us thank you guys and see you next week on the generous marriage podcast bye shahar bye ziv thank you everyone see you next time bye bye